Hey everybody, welcome to the Tax Sale Podcast, where tax sale investing is made easy. I'm of course Casey Dimon, your host. I'm a tax sale veteran, tax sale expert and trainer, author of the Tax Sale Playbook and founder of the Tax Sale Academy. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. And as always, at the conclusion of this podcast, if you're looking to learn more about investing in tax default and in tax foreclosed real estate, head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. Again, that's TaxSellAcademy.com. On today's episode, it is story time. The story I'm going to tell you, it'll intrigue you, it'll excite you, and it will probably give you lots of questions to ask, but that's okay. And some people might even have their doubts. But the deal is, I usually provide tactics, strategies, trainings, processes, methods, that kind of stuff to help you in your tax sale investment business. And I'm doing exactly that today, but I'm doing it through a story, through a situation that I found myself in a number of years ago. At the end of the story, you'll realize that it's a very important lesson for you as a tax sale investor. Now, first off, if you follow me for any period of time, you probably know that I won't tell you that there's an end quote best state to invest in because there isn't. Every state is different, you see. Every person is different. The best area for me is not necessarily the best area for you. The best area for you is not necessarily the best area for your neighbor or your friend or your cousin or myself, right? It's different for everybody. You'll also probably notice that I won't list the areas that I'm actively investing in or that I have in the past. And the reason might surprise you. It has absolutely nothing to do with competition because the fact is there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of properties auctioned off every single year. So there's plenty of properties to go around. The reason actually goes back to the fact that what works for me might not work for you. And I don't want anyone to flock to an area just because I'm investing there or I heard that I invested there in the past. And the deal is, I don't want you to go there and say, I'm going to start investing just because he did because things change. My objectives are probably completely different than your objectives, okay? So never copy what anybody else is doing. Have your own investment objectives and invest in those areas based on those objectives. Likewise, with that said, what worked for me at one specific time might not work for me anymore. The story I'm about to tell you actually took place a number of years ago, and since that time, I don't really even invest in that state anymore just because I've invested in other areas. They changed the law, some that kind of stuff. So don't really, you know, if you do run across my name on public records or you find out that I'm investing in a certain area, guys, don't flock those areas because I know the first thing that I'm going to get after I tell this story, people are going to ask me, what area was this in? I want to go invest there, that kind of stuff. But again, guys, this statement doesn't even work in that particular area anymore. Okay, so let me tell you the story. Let's go back to September of 2011, almost seven years to the day. Let me tell you a little history first and the basics about the auction process in the area. In one specific state that I invested, they offer properties with no reserve on occasion if state law allows them to. So if anyone bids the minimum bid, then the properties will sell. And the minimum bid is not going to be taxes and interest and fees like many other states. The minimum bid is actually a nominal amount. It could be $20, $50, $100, and then the bidding goes up from there. Now, this particular county also offers hybrid bidding. They offer three different types of bidding. You can actually mail in an absentee bid. You can send it in a week ahead of time if you want to. You can sit in the room as if you're in a live auction, or you can bid online through a live platform, and then, of course, your bid goes into the room, and they announce your bid against the people in the room. Now, attending the auction in person, if possible, 
is always going to be the preferred method of bidding, in my opinion. It allows me to get the feel for the room, the properties, listen to the chatter, talk to the auctioneer, talk to the county staff, network, and it just kind of really puts me into what's going on at that auction. I really understand a lot better compared to just looking at a computer screen, right? So that's exactly what I did. In this particular area, there was auction after auction after auction for, you know, for a number of counties around this particular city that I was investing in. So what I did is I rented a condo. It's actually a nice waterfront condo. It was in the off season. I got an amazing rate on it. And it was about 15, 20 minutes from this particular auction. Now, what happened in this county is they had gone through some economic challenges a few years prior. And by the time the tax foreclosure you know, started taking effect, that kind of stuff, it had been three or four years since they really hit rock bottom in this county. There's a lot of dilapidated homes, a lot of worthless properties, a lot of businesses closing up, that kind of stuff. But I was confident that there was opportunity there. I was confident that I could make money there. And I was confident that you know, if I did the proper research and you know, chose the private properties, that I would do quite well there, and hopefully there won't be that many other bidders. Well, the deal was, because they had gone through so many economic challenges, there were a lot a tax sale properties. There was like hundreds and hundreds of properties that they were auctioning off on this particular day. Now, of course, since I was staying there, I drove to the auction and I registered for this auction just like every other one. I gave them my license, told them my address, all that good stuff, right? Now, it was being held in the conference room of a local two-star hotel. I won't give you the name of the hotel, but I promise you it wasn't anything fancy and it was not the Hilton, right? It's not uncommon though because it's kind of low-budget type stuff trying to save money. It's just a big room. That's all you need to auction these properties off. Now, because there were so many properties being auctioned off, what they did is when you registered, the county actually asked you, which are your three top properties? Which are the three properties that you want the most? And they were trying to formulate a plan to figure out how they can auction off the properties and save everybody some time. So what happened was I registered and I took my seat. The auction was supposed to begin at 12 o'clock sharp. And as most auctions begin, they start with the rules being read. The rules took about 10 minutes, maybe 12 minutes. They're not too, too long. But since there are so many people in the room that heard about all these properties being auctioned off, there's a lot of questions. And ultimately, the first property didn't really even get started to you know, get auctioned off until 12.20. So what happened was the auction actually started off with the most popular properties based on the properties that were circled during the registration process. They allowed up to three. And you know the ones that had the most circles are the ones that they auctioned off first. And it seemed like 90% of the room wanted just 25 or 30 of the properties. Like everybody's after these properties for whatever reason, right? These are the properties that they started auction off, of course. And they had loads of action. It went from $20 to $30 to $20,000 to $30,000. And it almost seemed like every person in the room was trying to bid on these properties. Each property took like five or 10 minutes to auction off. It wasn't, you know, they weren't being sold super fast or anything. But what he did is the auctioneer structured it this way so that bidders would be able to bid on the properties that they wanted and then they could leave. You know, if every 10th property was desirable, or in this case, probably like every 20th property was desirable, there's no reason to auction one property off that everybody wanted and then everybody has to sit through 19 properties that nobody wants and they auction off another one. It just makes for a miserable experience for everybody. And also, people leave. They get bored, they get tired, they have places to go, they have to go back to work, whatever it is. So the more people that leave, the less bidders and the properties sell for cheaper. So it was kind of strategic on the auctioneer's you know, standpoint because he wanted as many people there as possible so they could bid on these properties and it could make them happy. So he went through all these properties 
And by around 245 or so, we, you know, we all the properties that were circled had been auctioned off, and the room was really starting to clear out at this point. There was about 20% of the original crowd size left. 80% of the room had already gone. So after he auctioned off the popular properties, the one that had been circling the book, he went around the room and he asked what other properties that the remaining bidders, the people in the room, wanted. And the other bidders, they shout out some numbers. I've seen him writing some stuff down. So what he did was planning on doing is auction off those properties next. Now, what I did is my approach was a little bit different. I completely ignored them. I act like I didn't hear them. I think I stared at my notes or something and act like I was zoned out. But I heard them. I just ignored them. I wasn't concerned one bit how long it actually be in the auction. I didn't care if I was there an entire day. And I didn't request a single property be auctioned off besides the first three that they required me to you know, request when I was registering. But on that second round, when he started asking people, yeah, I completely ignored him. My hope was that by the time all the popular properties in the first round that were all circled, and then these requested properties, the numbers that the remaining bidders had shouted out, by the time those were all auctioned off, that the room would be nearly empty. And that whatever remained, I'd have virtually no competition when he started auctioning those off. And I knew that he had to auction these properties off. He couldn't just say, well, nobody owned enough, so I didn't sell them. He had to go through the process of offering these properties to be auctioned off because state law dictates that. Another reason to know your state laws, of course. So by this time, there were less than a dozen bidders in the room. And of these dozen bidders, it seemed like eight or nine were disinterested. They were having conversations. They were packing up their stuff. They were just kind of there to kill some time. There's only a couple of people interested, and you know that one of those were me. So they start auctioning these properties off from the top of the list working way down. But I had one guy that was bidding against me. But regardless, I was able to get a, a few properties for between $100 and $150. And I thought to myself, wow. This strategy is just incredible. I hit the jackpot. I started to make calculations on my notebook, and I'm like, holy smokes, I made a lot of money off these few properties, right? It's just incredible. There's nobody bidding against me. I'm like, if it works this good all the way down the list, this is going to be the best day of my life, right? I knew I'd only just gotten started. Then I was like really getting into it. You know, they went through every whatever, 10th, 20th property I wanted. They had auctions auction off a bunch of junk, and it came to another one. And I was like, wow, this is just, this is incredible, right? This is amazing. I was really getting into it. Then everything seemed to change. I see a member of the hotel staff in a all-black uniform with a white tie walking to the room. And you could tell by the way that he was dressed that he was like a manager of some sort. You could also tell he was quite nervous for whatever reason. So he walked up to the auctioneer's assistant and he pulled him aside for a few minutes. And they were kind of in the corner of a room. You could hear him, uh, you know, kind of talking a little bit. You really couldn't make it out what they were saying. But it looked to be kind of a heated conversation. Then they finish their conversation and the auctioneer's assistant walks over to the auctioneer, interrupts him, and begins to whisper something in his ear. Then the auctioneer kind of stops the auction. He says, ah, oh, we're going to take a quick water break. So then I kind of pay attention, like, what is going on? Then I see the auctioneer followed by the auctioneer assistant, and then lastly, the hotel manager file out of a door into what appeared to be like the back room or some sort, maybe like a kitchen or a hallway or something. But they walk back there. It's an area that nobody really had even gone into before. I'm just sitting there kind of taking it all in. And about five minutes later, the auctioneer walks back in. He goes over to his podium, and he tells us, there's been a scheduling issue with the conference room. The auction company had inadvertently booked the room for just three hours. Somewhere along the lines, there's a miscommunication, and they only had the room for three hours. By this time, it was 3.30, and they were actually 30 minutes over their allotted time. 
And apparently, the hotel manager told the auctioneer, listen, if there wasn't anything else going on tonight, it's not that big of a deal. But we've got a wedding that starts in a few hours, and we need to break down everything and start preparing the room for that wedding. The auctioneer apologized to the crowd and said that he hoped everybody was able to bid on the property that they wanted, and they had it in the auction early. He didn't really seem like it was that big of a deal because, of course, all the popular properties have been auctioned off and all the properties that everybody had requested had already been auctioned off. So my little plan to sit there and to wait for them to work their way down the list, at this point, kind of backfired, I guess you could say. I realized that the majority of the properties that I actually wanted were still left on that list that they couldn't even auction off. My plan of ignoring the, you know, the auctioneer in the first place, it just backfired. I didn't know what I'd do. I, I'm like, I can never get these properties. So I was sitting in this room, sitting in my chair, kind of frustrated at this point because, you know, mind you, I'd gotten three or four properties that I was like going to make a lot of money off of. Just incredible. I'm like, this is going to be the best day of my life. But it just started collapsing around me. So they were literally breaking down the room around me. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what in the world do I do? I'm sure I had like a confused look on my face. I began to wonder though, what would happen to the rest of those properties? Would they reschedule it or what? If so, when they would, would they reschedule it for? I was only going to be in the area for like a week left. So, you know, would I actually miss the auction? Would I have to come back? Would I just bid online? What would happen? I had so many questions running through my head. But I knew in the back of my head that the properties were published. They were published in the newspaper and they were published and advertised as being sold on that particular date. This was a requirement of the state's laws. And I knew for the auction company, it would be an absolute nightmare and very expensive for them to have to republish them, reschedule them, and then re-auction them off later on. So as I started to gather my stuff, I started to pay attention to what was going on. I started looking around more and kind of got my bearings about me. Then I hear the auctioneer telling his assistant, well, we'll just have to sell the properties online. But since they can't use the auction room or the conference room to sell these properties, they had to figure out a way to sell the properties, right? They had to go somewhere or do something, and they were trying to work that out between themselves. And I really couldn't hear all the conversation about that. By this time, the auction had been over for like 20 minutes. It had been completely paused. Everybody was packing up all that good stuff. Now, since there was a number of properties that were still auctioned off that I wanted, I knew that I had to be able to attend the online auction somehow. But I didn't know when they would start it. Didn't know if it would be that day. Didn't know if it would be on the same bidding platform. I didn't know anything about it. But I knew they had all these leftover properties that they had to auction off, and I overheard them say that they're going to auction them off online. So my first thought is, I need to get to a computer. But I left my laptop back at my rented condo. So what did I do? I hopped in my rental car out in the parking lot, which oddly enough happened to be a bright yellow rental car. That's a story for another day. But I hopped in my bright yellow rental car. I drove as quickly as I could, safely of course, back to the rented condo. I ran into the door, I swung over my laptop, and then I realized that the auction hadn't even started back up yet. In fact, the only thing on the auction dashboard was a will be back message that looked to have been posted around the same time that the original auction when I was in the room was actually stopped. It looked about the same time that the auctioneer's assistant told the auctioneer, we got an issue, right? Nothing had changed since then. So I left my screen open and I'd assume maybe I missed the auction or, you know, maybe there's a technical issue because they had to move their auction, you know, their computer or whatever. I didn't know what was going on, but I left it open as I kind of went through my notes and stuff for upcoming auctions. And I'd been at the condo for about 30 minutes or so. And all of a sudden the auction just started right back up as if nothing ever stopped, right? It had now been well over an hour since the auction had been paused. 
and they didn't have any messages or any warnings or anything else besides that same we'll be back soon message. The first few properties they auctioned off, they weren't any interest to me, they were junk properties. But I did start to know something. There was nobody bidding on these properties. There was nobody bidding on anything. And all of the properties that they were auctioning off went unsold. Even the junk properties might get a $20 bid every now and then, but there was, there was none of that. I thought it was odd, and perhaps the bidding software was just running on autopilot or something like that as a result of the auction being moved around. This continued until we reached the property that I wanted. And I was confused, and I'm like, well, I'll press the bid button and see what happens. The bidding opened at 20 bucks, and I click the bid button. The screen flashed once, and the leading bid box said $20, and it said Casey Denman, high bidder. Then it flashed, going once, going twice, sold. I bought the property for $20. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that nobody bid against me. It was an absolutely unreal experience, and it truthfully didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Then a few more properties were auctioned off that I wasn't interested in. They had no bids, and they went unsold. Then another property was auctioned off, and I wanted it. And I was the first bidder at $20. I bid on that piece of property, and like before, it said going once, going twice, sold to Casey Demon for the opening bid of $20. Then a message appeared on my screen in the chat box. Whoever was running the auction software and wherever he was at, I don't know if it was the same guy from the auction room, if he went to McDonald's or Starbucks or what, I have no idea where they were at, but a message popped up on my screen. It said, Casey, what properties are you interested in? I was like, what? Like this guy's talking to me directly? This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Nonetheless, I responded with a bunch of properties, all the properties that I wanted that I had left. I told him what they were in order. And what happened was he started at the very top and he started auctioning off the properties that I wanted specifically. I'd place a bid and just about as soon as I clicked the bid button, I would see going once, going twice, sold to Casey Demon for $20. It was that fast. I'd press the bid button again on the next property for $20. I'd place bid. Then I'd see on my screen, going once, going twice, sold to Casey Demon. And I'm like, this is just crazy. Like what's going on? And then it dawned on me. I was the only person that was interested in bidding in any properties. The fact was, I was probably the only person who was logged into the bidding software based on our interactions. Apparently, after the auction had ended, there was a long gap of time, of course. I had plenty of time to drive from the auction site to my condo, and then I waited an extra half hour or so, and every other bidder had left. They had assumed that the auction was over or something along those lines. Yet, they still had to sell those properties. They were required by law to sell the properties, of course, or at least go through the motions and offer them for sale. So what happened was the rest of the properties came up for auction. I was the only bidder on every single property that I wanted, that I requested, and I paid $20 for each one, and I could not believe what was happening, guys. After the last auction on my list was offered, and after I bought it for $20, there was another comment that posted on my screen. Any more, Casey? I responded, no, but thank you very much, and have a great evening. The rest of the properties I watched be auctioned off just because I wanted to see what would happen, see if anybody else would bid. They went through the motions on every single one. They would post it, and as soon as they had posted it, going once, going twice, sold, and it would be listed as an unsold property. No other property that was auctioned off ever received a single bid. By the end of the auction, I walked away owning 20 of the 20 properties that I was interested in. A few were purchased before the technical glitch or the delay or whatever you want to call it, but the deal was I purchased four properties for $100 each, two properties for $150 each. 
and I purchased on that day in September 2011 14 properties for $20 each. This $980 investment that I made that day consisted of about half vacant lots and half homes in less than fair condition, let's say. They need to be remodeled and stuff. But it was an absolute steal. It was the single biggest day to that point and since in my tax investment career. I'd never acquired so many properties at one time for so cheap, that's for sure. In fact, a $20 property has only happened once or twice in my career up to that point. It was an absolutely incredible day. But it was a type of day where you didn't know whether you should like celebrate endlessly or if you're thinking to yourself, like, what went wrong? Are they going to cancel all these bids? I don't know what just happened. You're just sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, this is an incredible, incredible opportunity if everything goes through. So, of course, I paid as quickly as I could and everything did end up going through. And the deal is, at the end, it ended up being a highly profitable day, to say the least. Probably the most profitable day in my life. It was an absolutely incredible It was quite literally the greatest day of my life as a tax sell investor. It was just an incredible incredible story. And I'll tell you this story not to brag. The truth was, it was a complete fluke, guys. That day was the result of me being in the right place at the right time, and I saw the right opportunity, and I took advantage of it. I wish I could tell you how much strategy I used to, to take advantage of this opportunity. But besides listening, and besides being there, it was just a matter of being in the right place at the right time. And I don't I want you to ever, ever expect this to happen in your business because odds are it will never, ever happen again. It didn't happen to me in the hundreds and hundreds of auctions that I attended before that day, and it hasn't happened to me in the hundreds and hundreds of auctions I have attended since that day. It was literally a once-in-a-million type opportunity. But a lot of what we do in this business is being prepared to take advantage of opportunities when they arise. It's putting yourself in the right place at the right time with the ability to pounce on that opportunity. This was a specific opportunity that I happened to get that day and I took advantage of it. So hopefully what you get out of the story is not that, oh, good for you, or that's a cool story type attitude, but hopefully what you realize is that I was in the right place at the right time. And what I've come to realize is that the more you put yourself in these type of situations where opportunities might arise, the better. Obviously, you can't control the auction company if they don't book the required amount of time in the hotel conference room. You can't control the online bidding platform where you're the only bidder there. But you can control the fact that you were there. You can't control the fact that you were prepared. You can't control the fact that you were ready to buy and that you were ready to pounce on the opportunity that was before you. So my suggestion is to get involved. Be involved as much as possible in this business, and opportunities will arise. Research properties, attend auctions, and most importantly, learn nonstop. Look at every single situation as a learning opportunity. Then, guys, be ready. Please be ready. And when that opportunity comes, take full advantage of it. Get up, show up, and be ready. That's all I've got for you today, folks. I really hope you've enjoyed this story about the best day of my life as a tax sell investor. As always, if you like more information on buying and selling tax-defaulted real estate, head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. That's TaxSellAcademy.com. And while you're there, be sure to grab your free copy of my new book, Tax Sell Playbook. Let me know where to ship it, and we will get it out in the mail to you. That's it, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.